Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. We are rolling along in this devil season, and we come to you after a result that was uh, more on the disappointing side for New Jersey's team. But we'll talk about all the results from the past week and look ahead to the next week in Devils Hockey as we um, move to our bi-weekly schedule. So this episode, while it will be posted on Wednesday, we're going to move to a new schedule of Monday and Friday starting next week. So be on the lookout for those episodes where we'll include more detailed game summaries. We'll include any news items that we uh, may have left out during the last episode. And for this episode, we've got four games to cover. We have a game against the New York Rangers, both games against the New York Islanders, and tonight's contest against the Philadelphia Flyers. And to help me dissect the Devils' performances, as usual, is my co-host, John Fisher. How are you doing, John? I'm doing fairly well on what is a wintry mix of a messy day in northern New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish the result tonight went better, but we will talk about that in a little bit. Because first, we need to talk about the first game of the four that we're going to talk about. A victorious, glorious night against our hated rivals yeah it was the coming out party for one jack hughes who would have had an additional point in that game had it not been for the dreaded offside review that determined that kyle palmieri crossed into the zone a good 15 seconds before the actual relevant play happened and suban scored a quick shot they took that goal off the board uh, at that point to make it it would have been 5-2, uh, but the Devils ended up getting the 4-3 win against the Rangers at MSG, and uh, this really was the Jack Hughes show. He got two goals and an, a really nice assist as well, and he has arrived. I think it's safe to say that the differences between last year's and this year's Hughes are night and day, and he is more than holding down the fort of the uh, first-line center spot until Nico Heischer is healthy enough to play. Exactly. And this game as a whole had a number of firsts involved. Um, Travis Zajac's first of the season, the first goal scored within the first minute of the game, uh, as a bad line change by our hated rivals led to Miles Wood getting a shot on Alexander uh, Georgiev and Zajac piling in the rebound. And then Hughes scored his first of the season, uh, uh, making it 2-1 after the Devils gave up, of course, a power play goal, Mm -hmm. which is going to be one of the themes that we're going to be discussing across all four of these games. As the Devils definitely got into penalty trouble against our hated rivals and paid the price. But Jack Hughes salvaged the tax Mm -hmm. because he he finished on a rebound to make it 2-1. And then a couple minutes later, he gets a full-on unassisted breakaway coming out of the box and buries a sweet goal against Georgiev to make it 3-1. And while Mika Zabanajad scored on a really off-angle, wobbling puck, kind of weird goal against Blackwood, um, the Devils go up again later with their first power play goal of the season, put in off of Mile Woods' skate set up by Jack Hughes. And it's 4-2. It could have been 5-2, but again, as you mentioned, Dan, the offside call took it away. And then the Devils got to make everybody hold their breath as Philip Scheitel, whose line was killing the Devils all game, made it 4-3. And then the Devils survived their first onslaught (laughs) to close out the game with, despite three penalty kills, yes, three three penalty kills in the third period, and giving up 21 shots to to make Blackwood face 50 in total. But the Devils held on to win, so that's their first lead that they held on for a win and their first road victory of the season. Lots of firsts in that one. 
and that would also be Mackenzie Blackwood's last game this week because uh, the very unwelcome news arrived that he was hitting the um, the COVID-19 protocol list. So there's a lot of reasons that someone could land on that list. We don't know for sure if he has it or someone close right. to him has it. Uh, given the fact that no other Devils have uh, landed on that list so far, it's a good sign that it was a uh, more of a precaution than him having it. But still, maybe it's just the protocol is working and um, they're all staying isolated and safe. But that being said, with that news coming out, it was a bleak bleak task to try and face against the new york islanders and that game proved to be exactly that as the devils fell by a score of four to one yeah and this was a game where the devils really showed their flaws in their system and in their performances so you know if you're going against the islanders you know they have there's a reason why they have a reputation for being a well-structured well-coached very defensively responsible team is that if you if you turn the puck over in your own end or you're caught up ice or you're just not paying good attention to detail they will burn you if you allow them to counterattack, they will burn you case in point poor pk suban gets a post arise on matt barzell's goal that opened up the scoring in a makeshift two-on-one situation where he was left on an island because, again, the Devils hung him out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just before the end of the first period, um, a rare rookie mistake um, in that McLeod and Bastion fail miserably on a drop pass, which meant four Devils were in the offensive zone, and poor Subban had to basically sell out on Anders Lee up ice to try to kill the play. He didn't. And Lee got the puck across to Jordan Everly for a one-on-one with Scott Wedgwood filling in for Mackenzie Blackwood. Mm-hmm. And it's now 2 nothing just going into the second period. And while the Devils did break Samon Varlama's shutout streak, you know, it, there was no, you know, the third period started and basically was back to um, back to nonsense. Zajac took a bad hooking penalty he knows better not to take. Everly punished him. And th- there was another too many men on the ice call against the Devils, which was a problem in the Boston games. Mm-hmm. And Brock Nelson made them pay the price. I mean, all four goals were not bad goals to allow in a vacuum, Mm -hmm. but four goals in a game is still four goals in a game. And the Devils were generally outplayed and outperformed by a superior Islanders team. And then something happened that hasn't happened the last few years where when they were faced with the same opponent, they reacted accordingly and adjusted the game plan as they came back with one of the most perfect devils games we've had in a very long time uh defensively not you know not necessarily offensively in shot generation but they did enough to win and scott wedgwood you know he was a surprise he was surprised to be coming in because he couldn't have predicted blackwood landing on the COVID list but wedgwood has been more than acceptable in his place and he recorded his third career shutout uh, his first since playing against the devils as part of the uh, arizona coyotes uh, it, two years ago when he was traded there right before the game and he played very very well and the kids got the devils on the board jack hughes with a power play snipe all the action happened in the first and just like that a stout defensive effort had the devils uh, earn their third win of the season it was a very well put together performance i mean yeah you could argue if you want to nitpick you could say you'd like to see more than four shots by the devils in the third period, but teams that are up to nothing against a team that just beat them. Um, you know, the pl- the run of play is going to go against you. That's just how things are. But Wedgwood did play well in that first game, even though there were four goals allowed, he did, I think much better than what people are expecting. I was fearful. He was going to give up a lot of softies because let's be real, Dan, there was a reason why he was not in the NHL for the last two seasons. Right. Um, well, he did so- get a cup ring with Tampa Bay. 
Yes, he got a ring because he was on the bench. The third goalie, yeah. The third goalie. But uh, more seriously, though, uh, Wedgwood played fantastic. And more importantly, the Devils did a very good job making sure he didn't have to stand on his head to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, there were a couple moments here and there where, you know, he uh, had to bail out the Devils a little bit. But for the most part, for the first 40 minutes, the Devils were very much the better team on the ice. They were much more composed. Uh, amazingly, the line of Zajac, Wood, and Yanni Kwakinen shut down the Barzal line to the point where keeping Barzal and Brock Nelson and Anders Lee quiet for multiple shifts is just like impressive, considering that line just ruined the Devils on third, you know, in the first game. Mm-hmm. And um, we even got to see Nikita Gusev show that yes, he can actually play the game of hockey as he pulled off a sweet, sweet, sweet move to beat a beat of an Islander and uh, effectively take a shot. And Zaka piled in the rebound to make it two nothing for his first of the season. Ty Smith's second assist. He tied a whole bunch of defensemen, by which I mean four defensemen. And don't try to challenge me to name them all, but uh, <laughs> he he was close to setting an tying an NHL record for most consecutive points in games at the start of an NHL career. That's a very by a specific defenseman. record by a defenseman. Yeah, this is a very specific record, but hey. Held Tying by with... former devil Marek Zedlitsky for the Nashville Predators in 0304. Exactly. The record is owned by Zedlitsky, who did it in six games. And Smith joined uh, Larry Murphy, Kale McCarr, uh, Hap Day, and another guy from the 1920s. Good job. It's something. But more more seriously, the Devils played a fantastic game. Wedgwood was great. And um, I would still say this was the de- best Devils performance of this young season so far. Mm-hmm. And we get to tonight where... Again, we're going to go into these themes of the four games with pretty much everything that buried them against the Islanders in that loss and everything that almost blew the game against the Rangers was on display tonight. And still the Devils managed to keep it close for a majority of the game. It was just a few too many mistakes, some bad puck luck with three posts being hit by the Devils, uh, maybe even four posts, and penalties seemingly flowing in one direction only, but again... That's not an excuse to give up two immediate power play goals um, on the first two penalty kill opportunities of the game. And the momentum, no matter how good it is, it's just kind of ruined by these penalties. And tonight, Philly was the uh, better team and capitalized on the Devils' mistakes. Actually, I don't even know if they were the better team for the whole game. The Devils definitely had moments where they were running the play and definitely tilting the ice. But Philly capitalized on enough Devils' mistakes, got an empty netter as insurance, and won the game 5-3. to three. Um, Probably wasn't that close, as the scoreline suggested, just because Zaka got a late goal. But he gets his second of the season. Mike McLeod got the first of his career, which is incredible. And Andreas Janssen finally contributed on the score sheet as he toe-dragged through the middle of the ice and took a slot shot that Travis Zajac uh, tipped in. That was to tie the game at 2-2, but... Unfortunately, they came out in the third, went back to the well of making the same mistakes they had been making. Scott Wedgwood lost his composure and started flopping around like a fish in the crease, and the Flyers were there to take advantage. Yeah, this is very much... I would say the first game against the Islanders was a worse game Mm -hmm. because it was clear that the Islanders were the better team and the Devils, you know, you would have liked to have seen them put a lot more put up much more of a fight for Scott Wedgwood playing his first game in the NHL in years, but, and they did it. But in this game, the devils actually took it to the flyers early on. Elliot, you know, played well, um, you know, at no point did the flyers out attempt or really significantly outshoot the devils outside of penalties, of course, 
but the Devils got done in by a lot of their mistakes. Andreas Janssen takes a call that, you know, could have gone either way. Um, you know, Sharon Govich gets a shorthanded breakaway, hits the post, and then the Devils get back and have to defend, and they just are unable to even get close to the puck. Yeah. And, and and Ivan Provorov fires a late shot from distance. James Van Reems, like, tips it in front. It's one nothing, And you go, okay, that sucks, but it is what it is. The killer was at literally early into the second period. Palmieri gets pushed into the goaltender by, by a flyer. Mm-hmm. Somehow Palmieri gets the goaltender interference call. And we get a repeat of what I just described. Provorov takes a shot. Van Reems, like, uh, tips it in. It's 2 nothing early in the second. And the Devils just look like a frustrated team that just can't put two and two together. And then what does that mean? More mistakes, more giveaways. P.K. Subban takes a dumb interference penalty by hitting a flyer too early. Devils kill that penalty. Then Subban takes another penalty, mm-hmm. tripping a flyer, uh, specifically Jake Voracek. And, you know, the Devils fortunately kill that. The good news is after that second kill, the Devils finally got a break, got on the score sheet when a, uh, a shift in lines – worked in the devil's favor mm-hmm. uh, a long pass to miles wood a long dump in wood wins the race throws it in front and mcleod just piles in and it just barely trickled over the goal line through elliot's legs it's now 2-1 and all of a sudden the devils are realizing oh hey we could still like play this game mm-hmm. and they started coming out more and more and then you have the as the aforementioned zajac goal and then the devils really turn up the juice uh to end that period and for the first five six seven minutes of that third period where unfortunately Janssen had a great look at the net hit the crossbar uh later a broken play has severson in the slot hammers the post the inside of the post no less so you know a little more luck and that would have been a goal would have been three two and instead the devils um get loose in their own end suban unfortunately collides into wedgwood and you know the devil the other four devils are just completely lost <laughs> and nolan patrick has the easiest goal of his uh, young career so makes it three two mm-hmm. ty smith commits a terrible rookie mistake with a bad passing attempt with under pressure gives it up joel farabee piles in a rebound to make it four two and then Damon Severson decides to compound that pain by cross-checking Giroux in the uh, kidney on the next shift. To, so the Devils have to kill a penalty. And, um, you know, yeah, then the empty netter happens. So, you know, again, had the Devils been smarter with discipline, smarter on the puck earlier, um, maybe they would have avoided those first two power play goals. Maybe they would have uh, settled the game more. I mean, the posts are the posts, you know. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, on another night, shoot those shots. They go in the net. And you're everybody's happy, and the Devils are winning the game. And let's be real, the Devils have had pretty good shooting luck so far this season. So oh, yeah, it, was, it was bound to come back in an effort like this. I mean, it would have been nice if they had gone in tonight, but the result certainly wasn't undeserved. It was both unlucky and it was bad. Exactly, and there's def. And I guess the one of the bigger themes out of these four games is that when the Devils do get into trouble, whether it's with penalties or performances or just bad moments, a lot of them have happened by the veterans mm-hmm. of the team. Like, yes, I, yes. McLeod and Bastion had a bad drop pass. Fine. That happens. But, you know, Gusev and Janssen were benched for the entire third period against our hated rivals. Mm-hmm. Janssen got demoted to the fourth line. Uh, we, we saw the defensive pairings and the forward lines shift because of poor performances by Subban and Janssen respectively, which Janssen at least redeemed himself tonight a little bit mm-hmm. with the point and the, post Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know it would be one thing if these mistakes were all being made by like ty smith or matt tennyson you know guys who are inexperienced at this level where you would think okay they're going up against superior teams in terms of talent teams that are expected to be in the playoff hunt or fight for the playoffs like the islanders and the flyers 
and you know they just crumble. No, we're seeing stupid penalties and bad mistakes by guys like Kyle Palmieri and P.K. Subban and and Nikita Gusev and Andreas Janssen, guys who have been in the league for several seasons and should honestly just know better. Mm-hmm. Um, A lot of know, offensive zone penalties really killing the devil's momentum. And, you know, this factors into another one of those themes of not only have the special teams been bad, we'll, we'll get to that oh, when yeah. we get to it, but the amount of time that they've spent on the penalty kill is hampering them from creating any sort of offensive pressure, which is obvious because they're in a disadvantageous situation. But it also factors in that it gets Jack Hughes less ice time. It gets Miles Wood less ice time. And these are the mm-hmm. guys who have been creating offense for the Devils. Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, the best players in five on five for the Devils this season have been, in order, Travis Zajac, Miles Wood, uh, Nikita. Uh, Nik- Yes, uh, Dmitry Kulikov. I almost called him Nikita for some reason. I apologize to you, Mr. Kulikov. And uh, Damon Severson. Mm-hmm. Those four have been head and shoulders above everyone else in 5-on-5. Five five, and Hughes has been a producer, and he blew up this in these past four games. Um, not tonight, but, you know, when the puck's on his stick, things happen. And he helped make things happen in, in the two wins that the Devils had in, the, in these four games. So, yeah, exactly. If you're constantly killing penalties, guess what? You're forced to defend and you're not giving more ice time to players that really should be out there to help you win games. And it's also frustrating because the Devils have been consistently good in these four games of getting to the net for offensive opportunities. You look at a heat map at natural stat trick for these four games outside of the loss to the Islanders, you see a lot of Devils attempts around the net. So they're getting in close. And their system, the offensive system of getting the defenseman more involved has been functional to a degree. So taking penalties just kind of undercuts you there. Mm-hmm. It really just ruins any sort of momentum you have building. And even they tied the game up today, and it was very exciting the way they did it. They just completely tilted the ice towards Philly. And again, an early penalty just kills any offensive pressure they could have gotten. They weren't punished for that one, but they then allowed their first even-strength goal at home this year, which was just a disaster of a broken play, as Ty Smith definitely looked more like a rookie tonight than he did any other night this season. Oh, yeah. The Flyers bodied him in the run of play. Absolutely bodied him. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, you know, he's been, unfortunately, sandbagged with Matt Tennyson, Mm -hmm. who I don't think should be in the NHL. I think Will Butcher should absolutely play instead of him i don't care if it's on his offhand i don't care what the criticisms of butcher are of oh he's too small and he's not uh, not a hitter and he's not fast and blah 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 like you can't convince me that will butcher is worse than matt tennyson you just can't yeah that's a and there good were a couple theme. shifts tonight <laughs> and there was a couple shifts tonight where that was just definitely the case and given the run of play i think there was a shift to smith and suban being a pairing which was you know Poor Subban, actually, because, you know, he takes stupid penalties. He makes some big mistakes. But overall, his play hasn't been that bad. Mm-hmm. But Smith tonight, that that shift did not go in his favor. And, um, you know, two of the goals against, you know, Smith, unfortunately, played a small role in both of them. And Merkley so, promoted from the taxi squad played a role in the other one. Um, so, yeah. you know, he had a decent game against the Islanders when he was first put on the team. They sent Jesper Boquist back down to the taxi squad. So this is, you know, another theme we're talking about. Like, who does Ruff put in and out of the taxi squad? And I'm really wondering how Butcher has not seen the ice yet. And, you know, when the lineup's working and you're getting wins, that's one thing. But there have been plenty of opportunities at this point to get Butcher the time he needs. And all the numbers indicate that Tennyson has been a drag on this team's possession. Like, if not for the insane shooting percentage that they have on the ice and the fact that Ty Smith can actually facilitate offense, Tennyson would be 
just the absolute goat among Devils fans universally. I mean, I feel like for the first few games, it has been Janssen since he has definitely underwhelmed as far as what was advertised when they made that trade. But tonight, he definitely looked his best as a Devil. And Oh, absolutely. Again, the big overarching theme of all of this is that the Devils are doing this without Mackenzie Blackwood, Jesper Bratt, and Nico Heischer, and Sammy Vatanen. These are players that are going to be upgrades at almost every position that, that, like, that we're talking about, but the Devils have not had access to them, unfortunately. And they're, you know, that's not an excuse this year because teams are going to be missing players at this kind of rate and of that kind of caliber all year. But it's still something that the Devils are not prepared to do and did not really have the depth for um, as perceived in their lineup sheet. Absolutely. And, you know, to the Devils credit, I think part of the reason why they've been able to get the results or at least be competitive to a degree against the Flyers tonight has been that the younger players, the inexperienced players have actually held their own out there for the most part. I mean, yeah, there have been some games where they get bodied, but you know, Sharon Govich had a pretty decent game tonight. Yes. You, we would have liked if he scored the shorthanded goal instead of hitting the post, but mm-hmm. that happens, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, Jack Hughes becoming more of a producer and more of a threat on offense that now, you know, other teams now have to pay more attention to him. That helps. The four, you know, McLeod and Bastion on the fourth line has been effective for the most part. Um, and we, you know, that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, Kwakadin has actually performed fairly well in moving up next to Wood and Zajac mm-hmm. until the Flyers game where that got shifted away for other reasons. Um, and Merkley, even in his spot duty, and Bokvis as well, have also performed fairly decently. So, I mean, it, again, the Devils aren't losing the games or getting into trouble because the young guys are just young guys and, you know, they're just making young guy mistakes or, or not reading the plays appropriately and not understanding that this will not get called in the AHL, but this will be called in the NHL. Mm-hmm. No, again, it's guys like Subban, Palmieri, Gusev, Janssen that honestly should know better and, you know... I'm hopeful that once you get Brat and Heischer and uh, Blackwood back, that not only will the Devils as a whole be more competitive, but the Ruff will now have the leeway to start punishing these guys a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in a sense, without Brat, you know, you're kind of stuck having Palmieri be a top six right winger. Like you have no real decent option other than hoping Palmieri figures it out. And Brat's got to get into game shape too. You know, that's another factor. It's not, it's not going to be an immediate opportunity, but the opportunity will be there. Subban. And the devils have another um, quarantiner. I forgot. They got Aaron Dell. Uh, They picked him up off waivers and he still has to quarantine as well. So they're rolling with Eric Comrie as their backup with Scott Wedgwood in goal. It's actually worse than that for uh, Dell because Dell was claimed out of Toronto. So he has to first go through the quarantine to get into the country. Yep just like what Brat and Vatanen are undergoing, and then quarantine per the NHL protocols. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so far, uh, let's hope Wedgwood stays healthy because he's been very good. Like, I have no complaints out of Wedgwood um, overall. And given his caliber of performances over the past several years in the AHL, you really can't complain about how he's been performing uh, in the last three games. No, whatever's so, going wrong, with the exception of maybe the late goals by Philly today, it is definitely not his fault. No, I wouldn't even call the Farabee goal against him. That was a rebound. I mean, yeah. that was Smith making a big mistake. The one before honest, he kind of flopped around. Yeah, but again, it was just bad on everybody. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a bad everybody play. That's not a bad Wedgwood play per se. Yeah. But nevertheless, you're getting way above expectations for Mr. Wedgwood. And Blackwood was playing out of his mind from the minute the puck dropped from game one against Boston. So goaltending has been a strength. 
and it continues to be a strength over these last four games. So there's a positive theme for everybody. Mm-hmm. See, we could be positive. Sometimes. Oh, we have a lot of positive themes to talk about. Like the, the fact remains that through, uh, through six games, two against the Islanders, two against the Bruins, one against the Flyers, one against the Rangers. Five of those six are against teams that were in the playoffs last season. And the Devils sit at three, two and one. So this could definitely have been a lot worse. And, Oh, yeah. You know, that's one of the biggest positives of this season, how they've responded to losses. They've come out, they've made adjustments, and whatever Lindy Ruff is selling them in that locker room, they are buying and they are in. These players are not giving up on games. They're not giving up on shifts. Um, and if they do give up on one shift, they're right back out there the next time and they're going hard. Like, these, these guys are really, really showing a lot more effort than they have in years past. And something about Ruff has inspired um, some confidence in the younger players to uh, to kind of feel like they belong more. I think a lot of it is this response factor that the Devils have had makes them watchable almost every single night. It, it's something that we've been lacking for a long time and is uh, a good indicator of good things to come, especially when the the guys come back, who we mentioned before. Um, another positive theme that at least I have in my mind is Dmitry Kulikov. What a revelation oh, yeah. he's been. Yeah, uh, as much as I just killed most of the NHL veterans, he, Kulikov, Murray, and uh, Zajac have played fantastic hockey mm-hmm. to start the season. And Kulikov has been fantastic with rough system. Uh, I keep mentioning rough system. I guess I should clarify a little bit. Um, Ruff has given the green light to the defenseman to jump up on offense. Mm-hmm. And when I say jump up, I'm not talking about, oh, they're just going to pinch in a little bit more. Like, no, they're like, they're straight up jumping into the slot like or, or deep carrying in the, the puck zone. in. Exactly. And Kulikov was a guy that I was worried about because he has not been a particularly offensive player in his career. He definitely wasn't with Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're thinking this, you know, this is not going to fit him. It's like giving a, a, six, a man with 13 size for uh, <laughs> it's like giving a man with a size 13 foot a size six shoe like it, it's just not going to fit. Right. But Kulikov is not only fit in the system he has been thriving like every time he's on the ice the devils are constantly attacking severson looks like a million bucks next to this guy and thanks to suban making lots of mistakes severson's reputation of being the defenseman who gets blamed a lot uh you know has been reduced but kulikov when he's been on the ice the devils have been shutting down the other team and that's exactly what you want in any defensive pairing and the offense that he's helping to facilitate even if it's not necessarily leading to points yet um it helps you stay in games and stay competitive it helps make those comebacks possible like the devils attempted against the flyers tonight it makes the games like the islanders uh, able to make more comfortable and it's able to give yourself some solace when things get rough and tough against our hated rivals like we saw last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And not only like have Severson and Kulikov been probably the devil's best defensive pairing, they've been one of the better defensive pairings in the league, which is not something you hear about from the devils uh, very often these days. But Severson and Kulikov rank pretty dang well in possession stats compared to other defensive pairings and honestly Subban and um Subban and uh, not Smith Murray Murray Subban and Murray are not that uh that far off either I mean there's still those I think the way Subban plays when he makes mistakes they're just way more visible than a lot of other players um yeah he yeah he's he has to one day realize he's not 25 years old he he's not the Norris Trophy winning P.K. Subban he's not able to make those 
passes thread through a needle like he used to. Mm -hmm. And he just needs to be more responsible with how he uses his body and his frame because he's just been taking a lot of dumb penalties. He's got to do the CC Sabathia adjustment of going from power pitcher to finesse. Basically, he has to make that change of like, I need to react to what's been happening to me as I've aged instead of I'm trying to recapture a game that worked when I was a certain way and now it's not working and I think that's, you know, I've outlived my usefulness. Like, no, right. he hasn't because he still, you know, he still is capable of pushing offensive pace and he has done a decent job of that. It's just a matter oh, yeah. of, again, like we said, when he makes a mistake, they're glaring and obvious because they usually result in catastrophic situations for the devils. And, um, I think if we are going to talk catastrophic situations for the Devils, we have reached the end of our positives because these special teams, and this is probably my last theme that I've seen within these last couple of games, and it's impossible not to notice how terrible the special teams are. They are, oh my God, it is abhorrent how much they are ruining Devils games. And not only that, What's sad, Dan, is that this would be one thing if, like, the Devils got a new head coach and they were trying a new system and they were putting on people that never played on a penalty kill before, which I'm going to admit they kind of done to a little bit, but I'll get to that in a moment. Mm. But the thing here, Dan, and this is my frustration, is that it's the same same coach involved. They brought Elaine Nazardine back specifically to lead the penalty kill. Mm -hmm. And of all the things you want to retain from last season, the penalty kill would be the only thing you would want to retain. Because the penalty kill last season was legitimately fantastic. And players like Zaka and like Subban had fantastic numbers. Yes, there was a lot of overturn, uh, turnover, I should say, in that they don't have Green anymore. They don't have Kevin Rooney. They don't have Blake Coleman. Uh, you know, they have Vatanen back now, or at least they will have Vatanen back at least. But, um, you know, they still had a number of players who could do the job well. And the thing about the Devils penalty killing system is that since it's the same coach and he's been on the bench literally for six seasons now, is that there should be no question <laughs> from the veterans of like, hey, what is this system? It's a fairly common system. It's a wedge plus one. And your plus one needs to engage the puck carriers <laughs> and deny shots and deny passes and apply pressure as the other three hold it up hold it down in the middle. And unfortunately, the Devils have been just strangely passive. I mean, Palmieri, for whatever reason, used to do a little bit of penalty killing, but he has demonstrated he should not be on a penalty no kill. No way. <laughs> finally, he got yanked off of it tonight against our our, our second-rate rivals here. But, uh, you know, but... They just look guys, lost, right? Like, they, they look and, like and they don't know where to go. And it's really sad in this case that Zaka's return, and he the penalty kill is one of the few things he does consistently well. Zajac has been a rocket five on five, so I don't get how he has struggled on in penalty kills. And again, Subban, Murray, Kulikov, Severson, like Severson played a ton on the penalty kill last season, so I don't get how he's getting you know beaten up or Subban even, who had fantastic penalty killing numbers last season, but he's getting um, beaten as well. I mean, granted, it doesn't help when Subban and Severson and others are taking penalties, mm -hmm. but... Yeah, because you know, the penalties today were, th what, three by Subban, one by Severson or something? Three by Severson... I'm uh, no, no, three by... Uh, no, no, hold on. Now I have to check. Give me a sec here. <laughs> it was definitely a lot of defensemen taking penalties, which is the main point I was going for here. It's, you know, you can't be an effective penalty killer if you're sitting ah, in the here box. here we go. Janssen took a defensive zone penalty by holding Claude Giroux. Mm -hmm. Palmieri got that garbage interference call when he was shoved into Brian Elliott. Yep. And then Subban took an interference call on offense when he hit Raffle too early. And then he tripped four check behind the play. 
I think that was in the neutral zone, though. And then Severson took a frustration penalty out on Giroux by hitting him in the kidneys behind the Devil's net. So, and there are a couple of trips going the other way that the refs didn't call. The Devils yeah, scored there was a, a delayed they, penalty. They on Severson, yeah. uh, Hughes got tripped, so on and so forth. But again, like it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter because the power play has looked just as bad, if not worse. Yeah, the Devils had one power play tonight against the Flyers, and actually performed fairly well. They got four shots on that, and it did help to put Smith on the first power play unit instead of Subban, firing and, and shot faking his way to nothingness. Um, and to, to a degree, the Devils did get some power play fortune over these last four games. They got their first against um, our hated rivals, which held up as the game-winning goal, so that was good. Uh, the, the first goal against the Islanders on Sunday was a power play rip by Hughes. Um, but the Devils aren't getting a lot of calls. And part of that has been because, you know, they get into these situations where they're trying to be aggressive, but they lose the puck. So, of course, there's no foul to be made. Well, and they're second, also missing they're... the guy who draws so many penalties for them. Not well, Wood has. Well, they're missing Heischer on that front. Yes. yes but Wood, <laughs> Wood, remarkably, if you can believe it, was a very good drawer power plays the problem is that he also would cause a lot of power plays against but wood has been on his fantastic behavior so ironically the devils are taking a lot of dumb penalties that are costing him games and costing them a lot of grief that they could avoid whereas the guy who i was most worried about and you would be most worried about taking all these penalties hasn't taken one since the second game against boston which was a fighting major yeah he has come a lot like i don't know what lindy ruff has sold him specifically but miles was a different player yeah, and that's a good thing because yes. it's a good different player. But getting back to the theme here is that the penalty kill, again, I don't think it's so much the formation that needs to change. I honestly think it just comes down to execution. And, you know, they, they held up perfectly against the Islanders on Sunday, but they gave up six shots in the first penalty kill. <laughs> so, you know, not exactly fantastic progress. But, you know, the Devils just need to get back to the aggression that they used to show on these uh, penalty kills with the plus one, you know, pressuring the guy and keep Paul Mary off the penalty kill. Give guys like Quokin a chance. Give um Jan- I don't not Janssen a chance. Uh give Merkley a chance even if you want to. Because again, you don't have to be a super talented player to play in this role. Steven Gianta actually played it very well back in the day, back when Steven Gianta was a devil. Um, you know, and it, it, we're talking about Steven Gianta here. It's not exactly Wayne Gretzky or even Brett well, he's better than Brett Gretzky. But <laughs> like <laughs> but the difference between the devil's penalty it's kill execution. last year is execution like the yes they lost andy green yes they lost blake coleman yes sammy vatanen's not back yet however it's such a stark difference of like them not them clearly and visibly not knowing what to do as opposed to those players being missing i don't think those players while they make a huge impact and are some of the best penalty killers in the league not vatanen but green and coleman were some of the best penalty killers in the league however it should not be that cavernous of a difference Exactly. And again, it's causing him additional grief that in other games, like imagine if the penalty kill held up against our hated rivals last Tuesday, they win that game for one. It's a decisive win and we're feeling much better about it because, hey, you know, we beat the Rangers Um, tonight. It would have been against the Flyers. Maybe the Devils would have won the game or at least dragged it to overtime and get a point out of their affairs, Um, you know, against the Islanders on um, last Thursday. You know, it was two one until the power plays killed him in the third period Mm -hmm. again. You kill one of those penalties, you're still technically within the game. Maybe you grind something out of that or at least um, come away with a stronger effort than whatever was on display last Thursday at the island. So, you know, again, your penalty kill 
needs to get back to its old form, whether that's reviewing old tape and saying, hey, guys, you need to actually like really push on these guys or, you know, try some different personnel. But it really comes down to execution, in my opinion, because the, the formation the Devils use is fairly common. I mean, the Flyers ran it against the Devils power play tonight. The other teams that the Devils have played um, use it as well. I mean, it's a common formation against one, three, one power play formation. So mm-hmm. execution, execution, execution. That's what it comes down to. Make it happen. Fix it up. Because the one beautiful win that they had, they scored a power play goal and did not give up a goal on their own penalty kill. They got only two opportunities allowed that game. Huh. Suddenly, Jack Hughes can see the ice a lot more. Miles Wood can see the ice a lot more. That's right. We we finally have players playing appropriate ice times when they don't have to spend the entire game shorthanded. And that was when it's going badly for the devils it's a parade to the box they just follow each other one by one by one by one it's hard to get any sort of momentum going and even still the good part of this season has been that doesn't completely take them out of games anymore they they have yes a will to keep going they find patches of time where they are clearly the dominant team and that was not happening um last year or the year before like for many years now but um they are in every single game, which is more than what you could ask for with when we looked at this roster on paper going into the season. So I'm right. wondering. Case, oh, go ahead. Case in, in case in point, out of these six games so far this season, the only stinker was the four-one loss to the Islanders last Thursday. Even at the the five-three loss tonight, the Devils were in the game against the Flyers. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, another reason to feel more encouraged and confident that this team is at least better than last season. Mm -hmm. And that's all you want, right? You want improvement, especially with this kind of schedule where they are by far in the toughest division and every single stat has pointed to that. The goal differentials of the teams in the East division, I think they're entering play tonight and a lot of the teams played, every team was in action tonight as well. But entering play tonight, the East division had seven teams that had a goal differential between minus two and plus two. And every other t- uh, division combined has three total teams with that. These games have all been close. These teams are close. There is bad blood brewing between all of these teams, and they are going to see each other a lot. So this year, we just said we wanted improvement, and so far, that's what we've gotten. And the Devils haven't fielded their full roster yet, so we'll see what that looks like moving forward and see if they're able to keep surprising people. Uh, the right. upcoming week in Devils hockey has them rematching against the Flyers on Thursday, and then they have a double matinee back-to-back in Buffalo to face Taylor Hall and the Sabres, who have also uh, won some surprising games, but after all, they're still the Sabres, and they've lost in some spectacular ways as well, and they get to see Taylor Hall there as well. Um, And Buffalo, as we remember, was an absolute horror show for them whenever they visited for the last couple of years, so hopefully it's less bad now. But yeah, Saturday and Sunday they have games at 1 o'clock against Buffalo, and that'll be covered for our Monday episode. That's right, but the good news is that, you know, even if it looks bad on paper, it looks bad because of past results, it looks bad because of a matchup, it looks bad because Blackwood may not be available, um... The Devils are in the game, so I'm still confident that at the very least the Devils will put up competitive games. And one thing I do want to hope for in terms of something that I hope becomes a theme is that the Devils play better in the second game against these opponents Mm -hmm. instead of the first game. Because we saw that with the Boston games. We saw that with the Islanders games. And so I'm still encouraged based on what I saw tonight that, you know, 
yes, they lost to the Flyers. It's never good to lose to the Flyers. It's never good to lose with bad mistakes and puck luck going against you. But I'm still encouraged that Thursday night the Devils can rebound and take a W uh, from Philadelphia. And then who knows? Maybe we see the same against Buffalo where Saturday may be a little rough, but Sunday will be better. Mm -hmm. And if the Devils can keep keep doing stuff like that, yeah, they may not be in the playoff hunt, but we didn't expect that to begin with. But at the very least, they're not getting bodied on a nightly basis, which is an improvement. Yeah, they're a watchable team for sure. And that credit goes uh, in a large part to Lindy Ruff. I don't, I don't know, you know, whatever system he's installed. Um, I don't know if that's most of the credit, but whatever he's saying to them is getting them up and ready for these games. So um, good job on him and hopefully they can keep it rolling. And uh, yeah, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Like I said, we're moving to the Monday-Friday schedule. We'll be covering uh, a majority of these games, which happen on Tuesdays and Thursdays this year for the Devils. But um, if you have any sort of questions, comments, concerns, uh, you want us to go a little bit, we'll go a little bit more in detail to the games. Just we had a, more than a few to catch up on today, so we wanted to um not you know bog you down with too much and i'm sure you guys have watched all the highlights of the uh, rangers game multiple times and seen uh, a lot of the insight about the islanders games that uh, transpired last week but that all being said that brings us to the end of today's episode thank you again for listening and we will catch you on monday have a good rest of your week go devils go devils go devils